the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Grace and peace to you and welcome to Radio for Real Life with Sean Azaro, the senior pastor of River City Community Church in San Antonio, Texas. As this is a church that exists to help people just like you. Find the real life you were created for and find it to the full. That's what Jesus promised in John 10.10. And today we continue in a series called Called, Here Am I, Send Me. Based on Isaiah chapter 6, where Pastor Sean Azaro reminds you that we are all called to share God's love, to share the hope of redemption, carry the message of reconciliation. Reallife.org has this full message, sermon notes, and series available for free. But if you feel led right now to bless this listener-supported radio ministry, then please do. There's a place to give at reallife.org. The name of this message is called The Father's Heart. Pastor Sean is teaching from Isaiah 6 and 2 Corinthians chapter 5. It's time for Radio for Real Life. Well, we're continuing our series entitled Called. And we've been dealing with this idea of God's calling on us. Um, as I was getting ready, I kind of uh, remembered a time when <clears throat> this was actually probably over 15 years ago, or in the ballpark of 15 years ago. We had been doing like announcements, you know, when you let people know. We'd just been doing them verbally. A person would come and tell you things. Well, we wanted to move to do news. And you've seen our different news things that we do. And... So we had a family who was new to the church, and they were volunteers, and they had done that before. And so they said, well, we'll help. And so we spent some time together. We talked about it. What does it look like? What's, what are we like? And all that sort of thing. Well, they went, and they produced. We gave them all the information, and they produced the first video. And, uh, and they came, and I think it was Saturday before the services, and they showed it to me. And the video was great. Uh, the music they had chosen. This, and it set the whole tone for the thing. It was this kind of little elevatory, kind of smooth jazz kind of thing. And I'm like, okay, River City, smooth. I'm not seeing smooth. The, the whole thing, it just had, and I like jazz, don't get me wrong. I, I really like jazz, but this was not John Coltrane. It just had that elevatory thing. And I just thought, oh, God. And it was just one of those things like, oh, man, I thought we were more clear. I guess we never talked about that. And so went ahead and did it. A few people made fun of me afterwards, and then I had to go have that challenging conversation. And we got it worked out, and, it, and you know, we went, went from there. But what, what stood out to me was how I thought I'd been clear on kind of the mood and the feel and what we were looking for, and obviously I hadn't. And, you know, that's something that actually I get caught on a lot, because in my head, things are crystal clear. You have no, no idea how clear it is up here. I mean... May not seem like that always to you, but to me, oh man, it's focused, razor sharp. But that's how communication is. That's how, how, how it is. You know, you, you think you communicate. I have no problem delegating. What the, the thing that happens, though, is if I don't communicate, communicate, and over-communicate, which I tend to not, then all of a sudden the product comes out, and sometimes it's exactly what we hope for, yay, and other times like, oh, no, ooh, arr, arr, and it's like, oh man, they didn't know kind of what 
was my priority, and I'm delegating this to someone. They didn't understand that priority. Have you ever had that happen where you've, where you've kind of released someone to do something on your behalf, and it's like, oh, I didn't know you were going to do that. I wonder how often God feels like that. Right? Let me just think about it. All the different ones. And see, God is crystal clear. Okay? But think of all the things that are done in his name that you just go, and he must go, why did you think I would want you to do that? What possibly would give you that idea? And the passage we're going to look at, I think, is one where we can really begin to draw. The, the prophet finds out. We're going to go back to Isaiah chapter 6. The prophet finds out, I think, through pretty dramatic means, what the heart of God really is. And I think that's, crystal, that, that's really important that we're crystal clear on that as we consider this calling of ours. Go back to Isaiah 6 one more time. Last week we didn't read the whole passage, but this week I want us to read the whole passage. We've walked through, we've looked at some different things, we've highlighted some key big ideas in this, in this, around this theme of calling. But I want you, if you can, and I know we've been looking at it every week, I want you to, to listen to this scripture. I'm going to read it, I'm going to put the words on the screen, but I want you to read it, listen to it as though it's the first time. Because the imagery in the passage kind of takes us to a point. I want us to see that. So look at the passage and do your very best to look at it with fresh eyes. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him stood the seraphim. Each had six wings. With two, he covered his face. With two, his feet. And with two, he flew. And one called to another and said, Holy, Holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the foundations of the threshold shook at the voice of him who called, and the house was filled with smoke. And I said, Woe is me, for I am lost, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Then one of the seraphim flew to me, having in his hand a burning coal that he'd taken with tongs from the altar. And he touched my mouth and said, Behold, this has touched your lips, your guilt is taken away, and your sin is atoned for. And I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? Then I said, Here I am, send me. Lord Jesus, I pray that you would bring your word to life. I pray that we would hear what you want to say. Open our hearts open our minds, and I pray that you would move on our will and give us the courage to follow you. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, we've walked through this passage of Scripture each week, and verse 8 is kind of the culmination because in it, we find God's call. And what I found interesting in this passage is that up to this point, God hasn't said a word. And there's so much going on. I mean, it's all about him. His throne, high and lifted up, his throne. But the prophet has this incredible vision. I mean, it's sensory overload is the way this passage presents itself. And he sees the Lord and has the vision, and the train of his robe fills the temple. And then he sees the heavenly creatures, these seraphim that we only see in this chapter of the Bible. And they're so incredible. And they've got these six wings, and with two, they're covering their their face with two of their feet and the two they're flying and they're shouting this declaration holy is the lord holy is the lord 
And it's so powerful, that declaration, that the whole room shakes. Just this incredible thing. And it says, and it's filled with smoke. And it's just all of this. And all this is happening. The prophet then has that response. That very visceral response of repentance. Woe is me, I'm lost. I'm a man of unclean lips and I dwell among a people of unclean lips. And it's all because my eyes have seen the Lord. And all this is happening and God hasn't spoken yet. And then the prophet says, I heard the voice of the Lord. What did it sound like? I mean, the voice of the seraphim was so powerful that it says the place shook. But now this is the Almighty. And he speaks, what did his voice sound like? Well, quite honestly, we can only speculate. We don't know. All we have are the actual words that he spoke. But I wonder if these words give us a clue as to maybe the tone or even the passion in God's voice. What he said was, whom shall I send? Who will go for us? There's this longing in his voice as you, as you hear it. Whom shall I send? Who will go for us? And of course, that begs the question, whom shall I send? Send to whom? Who will go for us? Go where? Obviously, there's somewhere outside of here. See, in the midst of all the worship, the majesty, the, the shaking, the confession, the repentance, the restoration, all this is going on around him. God's thoughts and his heart is clearly beyond the walls of the throne. He's beyond the throne room. He's beyond the worship. And he's thinking about those who are out there. And I want to suggest his heart still is. It still is. He had a message he wanted the prophet to communicate to his people. His people that he loves. And that's still where his heart is. Out there. I got a picture of this. Um, At least for me, it was a a very powerful picture. Many of you know, we started this ministry ministering in the inner city. And we were in Victoria Court's housing project. And that used to be right downtown. Some apartments are there now. But it used to be right off Durango. You know, uh, right near, you know, 37, right downtown, across the Alamo Dome. That was a big housing project. We had a house there, and we did ministry there, and it was awesome. We partnered with the Residents Association and just tried to share the love of Jesus however we could. One of the ways we did that was a, a kids' club because the kids in that housing project, these are kids, you know, when you talk about at-risk kids or kids who, are, who have a whole lot of strikes against them, these kids did. Most of them were from single-parent homes. Many of those parents were drug users prostitutes. I mean, it it was, and it was everywhere. It wasn't like hidden. You didn't have to go. It was all right out there. And if you were around it at all, you, you, you saw it, you knew. And so one of the ways we felt we could impact families was to go communicate to these kids. And so we did this kids club and they'd come out and, you know, had a great time. We shared the love of Jesus. Well, one day we were having kind of a big special event. So we went out and we're actually helping to gather kids, you know, and we're just letting families know and knock on the door saying hey we're gonna have a deal and here's what it is and can the kids come and so kids are coming from all over parents are sending their kids well I go up to one house and there's this mom and her little girl they're African-American a little tiny girl just adorable 
And I tell them what we're doing. I said, can she come? She said, oh, yeah, sure. She knew who we were. And so she just sends her with me. So this little girl, trusting little girl, okay, I, I didn't know her. But she takes my hand, adorable little thing, and we're walking off. And as we're walking, she looks up at me and says, are you my daddy? And I'm telling you, in that setting, in that moment, that, those words about knocked me over. She was similar age to my kids, Lauren and Ryan. And of course, the thought of either of them having, ever having to ask a total stranger, are you my daddy? And to know that this little girl, that wasn't the first time she'd thought about this. She was too little to have, be having to worry about something like this. No, she thought about it. And she was looking. And she just thought she'd ask me. And it just broke my heart. My response to her was, no, sweetie, I'm not. And I said, but I'm, we're, we're taking you to tell you about a father that, that you have who loves you and who created you for something very special and who's with you all the time. And we got to share with her the love of Jesus. But I, that thing kind of wrecked me for a day, a few days, you just can't shake that kind of thing. See, because when it's statistics, and we all know statistics. We know statistics about single-parent homes and the struggles and the challenges. We know about stuff that's going on in the inner cities. And we, we, you know, we can look at all the statistics. But when, when it's not a statistic anymore and it's a, a little person who's adorable and she's talking to you and you kind of got to know her name and now you've had fun with her and played a game and, you know, it's, it's, it's a person. It's not a statistic. This is a little girl. And when that happens, it's like everything's different. And it occurred to me, God has that type of sense and feeling for every hurting, broken, wounded, longing person on the planet. He knows them. He knows their name. He knows their story. He knows their family. He knows what he created them for. He knows what they could be. He knows what his intentions were. He knows how sin has wreaked havoc on them and their family. As much as I love my own children, my grandchildren, I don't have the capacity, because I'm not God, I don't have the capacity to love as much as he loves every single lost, hurting, broken person on the face of this planet. He loves them more than you or I can love our kids. He knows them, he sees them, and he sees their hurt, their pain. And now we understand why in the midst of all that, God's gaze may have been looking beyond. And his heart had one thing. Who will I send? Who will go for us? And let's take a quick minute to remind you, you're listening to Radio for Real Life with Pastor Sean Azaro, a listener-supported ministry of River City Community Church in this message called A Father's Heart. It's in the series called Here Am I, Send Me, which is available right now on the sermon page at reallife.org. And if you've listened to Radio for Real Life for any length of time and feel like, you know what, I need to bless these guys... Today would be a good day to do that. Your financial gift helps this radio ministry encourage others. Again, find the Give tab at reallife.org. And if you're looking for a new church home, here's your invitation from Pastor Sean. Do you ever look at your life and feel like you were made for something more? Jesus made a simple statement. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I came to give you abundant life, real life. I talk to a lot of people, and many seem to feel like they're settling for a whole lot less. 
Hi, I'm Sean Azaro, pastor of River City Community Church, and we are so convinced that we were made for something better. We call ourselves a church for real life. I'd like to invite you to join us for one of our weekend gatherings, which are an exciting and artistic blend of music, reflection, and practical insights, all designed to explore the life that God meant for us. River City is located a mile and a half outside of Loop 1604 on Lookout Road across from Otama Park. Service times are Saturday at 5 p.m. and Sunday at 9.30 and 11.15 a.m. River City is a church for real life, so our home on the web is reallife.org. To find out more, visit us online at reallife.org. God created you for something very special. Come find out more at River City Community Church. And now back to the message of Father's Heart. This is Radio for Real Life. He had a message for the prophet to share with his people. and It was a message of rebuke and warning, but also a message of hope and a promise of opportunity. And his thoughts and hearts were with the people who he loved who were beyond those borders. And they still are. Look at, this is one of my favorite passages in the Bible. Turn in your Bible to 2 Corinthians 5. Look what the Apostle Paul writes. I love the language in this. 2 Corinthians 5, I'm going to begin reading in verse 14. The Apostle Paul is writing to the New Testament church. He's writing to the church of Corinth. This is this second letter that we know of that he wrote to them. But we recognize he's writing to Christians. He's writing to us. Look what he says. For Christ's love compels us. Read that phrase with me. For Christ's love compels us. It compels us. Why? Because we're convinced that one died for all and therefore all died. And he died for all that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. His love compels us because he gave his life for us. And then he goes on and says, so because of that, because of what he did, so from now on, because of that love that compels us based on his sacrifice, from now on we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Note that phrase. It's very important. We'll talk about that in a little bit. We regard no one from a worldly point of view, though we once regarded Christ in this way. We do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone, the new is here. All this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. I love that phrase. That's a pretty cool ministry. The ministry of reconciliation, that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them, and he's committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God, We're making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. That incredible ministry of reconciliation, and that phrase, ambassadors. You see, we've been talking about how this calling, and how God has this calling for the prophet, and how he has a calling for every one of us, and how it's not necessarily the same calling, But when we read what Paul just wrote, it's kind of similar. If we're called as the body of Christ, as believers, as River City Community Church, and as the individual members of that church, if we're called to be as ambassadors, then how different is it really? Different setting, different time period, different means of communication. But we're all called to be his ambassadors of reconciliation. And as we go, we need to remember this one thing that I think God was making clear to the prophet and I think he wants to make clear to us. 
Write this down. God's call is always rooted in God's heart for people. God's call is always rooted in God's heart for people. See, we get excited about the idea of calling sometimes, I think. You know, we, we get excited about, you know, how has God wired me, and we do spiritual gift tests, and we try to figure out how he's called us, and that's all a good thing, and we have means to help you with all of that, and I think that's great. We get fired up about how he's wired us and what he's going to have me do, and we envision ourselves doing that, and it's, it's exciting. The thing is, we better first remember God's call is always rooted in his heart for people. First, we have to be about him, then about those who he's sending us to. And then we can think about our place in all of that. I think sometimes we get the cart ahead of the horse and we start getting all fired up on what we're going to do and what it's going to look like and how we're going to get prepared. And we miss the big idea that it's all about the Father's heart. That's why I've entitled this message, A Father's Heart. We forget that the one who's calling us is a father who loves people. And he wants us to minister from that point. You see, God sees every need. God hears every single cry. And his answer is to send us. His answer to the world is to fill a people with his spirit and to send those people into the world. And we better remember our call is always rooted in God's heart for people. <clears throat> a couple things that Paul's pointing out to us in the Second Corinthians passage that are really important. We're called to share God's heart of love. His heart for people is a heart of love. We are called fundamentally to share his heart of love. Verse 14 said, Christ's love compels us. God loves people. <clears throat> Have you experienced the love of God in your life? I mean, think about that. God's love changed my life. I have seen God's love over and over in my salvation, in, in his provision, his protection. I've seen it when he's been there for me at different times, in his calling, in my family. I've seen God's love over and over and over again. But you've got to understand, he doesn't just love the people in this room. God's love, his crazy love, is for every single first person on the face of the planet. And he loves them passionately. And Jesus gave his life for them. I think there's a reason okay, why this verse is maybe the most quoted or taught verse in the Bible. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. It's not just God loved the church. not just God loved the believers. God loves the whole world a lot. People are God's highest priority. They are the thing that he sent Jesus to give his life for. And God sent us to share his heart of love. And I want to say something. That message, heart of love, telling is good, showing is better. Okay? In fact, why don't you say that with me real quick. Telling is good, showing is better. I mean, we all understand that, right? What good does it do? And I think sometimes in the church we've gotten caught up in this. What good does it do if I'm sharing this message, oh, God loves you, God cares, God loves you, but they can't see his love in me, and it, what's obvious is I don't care. How messed up is that? You know, the old saying is that, well, what you're doing is screaming so loudly, I can't hear what you're saying. Well, that, you know, I don't think that's anywhere more true than 
it's the body of Christ, is sharing the love of God. We're putting up posters with the love of God. We've got billboards that talk about the love of God. But if we don't embody and live the love of God, if they can't see that love in us. Look at Romans 5.8 says, But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Notice the word demonstrates. God didn't just yell from heaven, Hey, I love you guys a lot. That's awesome. But you're sinners. So if you ever make it up here, though, that's awesome. I'll leave the light on. Tom Dead of Motel 6, right? We'll leave the light on. No, he didn't do that. He came down here. He sent Jesus, and he demonstrated his love. Love with skin on it. And you understand that's what he wants from us, to be love, his love, with skin on it. 1 Corinthians 16, 14 says this, let all that you do be done in love. Let all that you do in church be done in love. Oh, wait a minute, that's not what it says. Let all that you do right after you've done your devotions and in that 20-minute period where you're still mindful and you're kind of doing good. Let all that you do to the people you like and who are nice to you be done in love. No, it just says let all that you do. Let all that you do at work. Let all that you do in the neighborhood, let all you do do in your family be done in love. And it's challenging and it was meant to be. It's challenging and it was meant to be. But see, what good does it do to tell of God's love if we demonstrate the opposite? See, the deal is we have been given the ministry of love. You want to know what your calling is about? calling will fundamentally be about God's heart for people, which is a heart of love. Your calling will be about love. That is Pastor Sean Azaro. You've been listening to Radio for Real Life. And if you'd like to hear this full message in this series that's called, Called, Here Am I, Send Me. It's available right now on demand at reallife.org. And there, if you're able to bless back, your financial gift helps this radio ministry continue. Again, look for the Give tab at reallife.org. But of course, you're invited to visit and join us at River City Community Church. Located on Lookout Road right behind Rotama Park, the service times on Saturday nights at 5, Sunday mornings at 9.30 and 11.15. If you'd like to call the church, the number is 210-490-5262. As Radio for Real Life is a ministry of River City Community Church. We hope you join us again next time for more Real Life. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.